Welcome to NBA Storytime. I'm Jamel Johnson. Today, I'm going to take you back to a time when the NBA embraced its pagan ancestors, joined a coven, and splashed that shit all over the uniforms, hoping to usher in a new era of global basketball domination. This one is for my conspiracy theory heads. Oh, you're still stuck on the flu game? Bro, I'm trying to figure out if Scott Foster's a witch. Begin the incantation. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. For the longest time, basketball logos were generic as fuck. Either a word in block letters, an outline of a state, or simply a basketball. That's with the exception of the ABA, which was mainly cartoons on acid. If that game were a human being, a psychiatrist would have had a field day. Either the letters or the mascot was on acid. All I know is LSD was involved. That all changes when the Orlando Magic joined the league in 1989. Now we have a team which is, yes, still using a basketball as its logo, but the basketball is magical. And sure, you could connect the team name with Disney World, but that's what they want you to think. If they were really named after Disney World, how come there's no turkey legs available in the stadium? I checked. I've been, and I checked. <laughs> so why then were they really called the Magic? Wiccans is, is, I think that's the right pluralization. Talking about Wicca. Wicca is a neo-pagan religion that popped up in the early 20th century and centers on the pre-Christian belief that magic, notice I said magic, exists within the universe and is practiced in such a way that honors nature and the elements. What you really need to know is that there are two deities within Wicca, the god and the goddess. They are sometimes referred to as the horn god and the moon goddess. This will come into play later, take notes. The very first and perhaps most famous Wiccan was former Charlotte Bobcat Gerald Wallace. So it's like five different heads on one body, you know, trying to figure out everything. Uh, my bad. I mean, British occultist Gerald Gardner. Well, what do you dress in when you dance? <laughs> the traditional witch's costume. Which is what? <laughs> the skin. <laughs> Born in 1884, he helped to found the modern religion Wicca. His practice began to spread from Britain into Australia and the United States in the 1950s and 60s. Gardner's development of Wicca helped usher in a new era of witchcraft. Part of this new outlook was that men could finally be seen as witches. For the record, there's never been an era where women couldn't be seen as witches. Historically, we've always believed every woman was capable of witchcraft or some other variation of pure evil. 
Anyway, dude witches, huh? Think about it. Without Gerald Gardner, Dennis Rodman doesn't exist. And it is my personal opinion that this marks the beginning of NBA world supremacy through Wiccan magic and spirits. Don't believe me? Keep listening. The same exact year the Magic are introduced, the International Basketball Federation, otherwise known as the Basketball Feds, voted to drop restrictions on the participation of pro ball players in international events, such as the Olympics. This was a landmark event, not just for the Olympics or the United States, but for the NBA as a superpower. So with this all in the works, Magic Johnson and the rest of the Dream Team go on to destroy the world in the 1992 games. The U.S. has defeated Croatia 117-85, and they have, as expected, won the gold here in Barcelona. David Stern is very pleased with his dream coming to light, but he's not done. He knows it's time to go bigger. So what's going on in the actual NBA around this time? The Minnesota Timberwolves show up, and what's their logo? A wolf howling at the moon, and the moon is a basketball, which pleases the previously mentioned moon goddess. After that, you guessed it, the Bucks go from a cartoon, jokey, wimpy-ass deer who is literally smiling to the meanest buck you've ever seen in your life. You remember the horn god, right? He must have felt pretty appeased. Yes, yes, oh yes, then you will worship me. Now the floodgates are open and half the league follows suit. Here's a quick overview. The Atlanta Hawks go with a big-ass realistic hawk that's grabbing the shit out of a basketball with its talons. Looks like something a cult would worship. And who's that cult's leader? Christian Leitner. The Detroit Pistons got way more intense with a seemingly out-of-nowhere flaming horse logo. Once again, they want you to think it's all about cars, but it's just one fucking horse. A horse rocking buffs with diamonds in them. Shout out Detroit, I gotta buff up, you know what I'm saying? Shout out Detroit. The Grizzlies show up with the craziest looking bear in the world. So now we're taking it to the woods, fully fucking with nature. The league was trying to get connected to nature so they didn't have to pay luxury taxes. And while there are a few exceptions, I think they still count. For example, the rockets shift to an insanely pissed off looking missile that's blasting off into space. What if a rocket was a dude? Why not manifest that idea and find out? In 97, the Warriors logo shifts into a godlike character who is literally holding a lightning bolt. I mean, I can't make this stuff up, y'all. I hear some of you being like, but wait, what about the Raptors? I can actually hear you. Don't make the common mistake of lumping the Raptors into this movement. The real heads know this doesn't have shit to do with the Raptors. That's just a red herring, which is also the original name of the team, the Toronto Red Herrings. The answer to this mystery is obvious. Your bike was stolen by that no good neighborhood bully and thief, Red Herring. Moving on. The NBA All-Star jerseys also went nuts in the mid-90s. They inexplicably went from the traditional stars in red, white, and blue to some outrageous color schemes. There was dancing peppers, cacti wearing sunglasses. The NBA was one Santa Fe motif away from going full dream catcher mode. Shouts out to Marianne Williamson. So why did this all happen? Power, of course. Think about it. 
Now we have fans cheering for suns and moons and horned creatures and worshiping nature symbols. Every single game is conducting a ritual. And when an outcome seems funny, that's because it was faded. Scott Foster's trying to maintain balance in the universe. You might be wondering, why do teams like the Bobcats exist? Why do you think, motherfucker, to be sacrificed? This all culminates in 1997 when the wizards appear. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? At this point, we're not even trying to hide this shit no more. And who is the first pick in wizards history? That's right, Jihadi White, who went on to star as an alien hell-bent on destroying the world in a sci-fi movie called Showdown at Area 51. You think that's random? Well, who was the last pick in Bullets history? You guessed it again, God Sham God. That's God twice. How many deities are there in Wicca? Two. They had to become the wizards. This shit was destined. The global expansion was working exactly according to plan. But not everybody was down with the program. The 95 lockout, 96 lockout, 98, 99 lockout. This is a resistance to what's happening behind the scenes in the league. And the biggest resistor, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I'm very solid with my decision of not to uh, play the, the game of basketball uh, in the NBA. That's why they forced him to retire. It was because he like didn't want to wear a cloak or he didn't want to play with a wooden basketball or some shit like that. Anyway, he disappears for a while. Then he comes back as a wizard. He would be rejoining the Washington Wizards as a player. Well, let's go out now to the MCI Center. Michael Jordan. David Stern performed like an ill blood seance from Naruto and sent his ass back to the league as a red-eyed zombie Jordan. I've studied the tape. It's clearly a different dude. We don't even count his wizard stats. It's like it didn't even happen. There are no wizards. Dr. Strange is a sorcerer. <laughs> a sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. Next thing you know, the WNBA debuts. We're talking mystics, sun, soul, which is the Latinx sun, fire, monarchs, the list goes on. Now we have an entire league that is the full moon counterbalance to the NBA. David Stern's warlock vision is fully realized. But when two ball and the dunk wheel hit All-Star Saturday, the public was fully aware that something was afoot and Stern got scared. At this point, the main Wiccan Five, consisting of Pat Riley, Lenny Wilkins, Pat Summit, Rick Pitino, and David Stern, of course, concede that maybe we did a bit too much. And they started the process of reeling everything back. Nobody's logo is crazy anymore. Dudes have to wear suits to games. The Pistons put the horse logo to pasture, went back to their traditional look of the basketball, and win the title the very same year putting the final nail in the coffin of the Wiccan NBA era. But there are remnants still everywhere you look. The WNBA is bigger than it's ever been. They actually show games on real TVs now. The Wizards and the Mystics exist, and they're still both out there affecting the tides. And a man named Kyrie Irving was seen saging Boston Garden. Just cleanse uh, the energy, uh, you know, make sure that we're all balanced. Soon after, that franchise is in ruins. And who does Kyrie Irving play for now? The Brooklyn Nets. Who did they used to be? The New Jersey Nets. And who did they almost become? The New Jersey Swamp Dragons. Which is a story for another time. 
Anyway, keep your eyes peeled because there's always an opportunity for the Wiccan NBA to make its return. Shit, it might already be back. Who was in the finals this year, folks? The Bucks and the Suns. Keep your basketball mind unlocked, listeners. listening to NBA Storytime. I'm your host, co-writer, and stretch three on the floor, Jamel Johnson. Harry Swartout is our producer, co-writer, and a man heavily invested in rec specs. Daniel Hardigan is our script editor and the guy who mops up after people who fall down under the basket. Haley O'Shaughnessy is our consulting producer and leading the league in bench points. Devin Shepard is our production coordinator and the only one who makes sure we all get on the team bus on time. John Yales and Peter Moses are our executive producers, and they also insisted on calling their own fouls. Real good to you guys. Got an idea for a story you want us to tell? Leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll put it in front of our podcast homeowners association to see if we're allowed to make it sometime in the future. And I'm not repainting my fence. NBA Storytime is a Blue Wire podcast. Catch you next time. Next time.